Joseph Martinez has officially arrived, and Inter-Miami is buzzing at the thought of what could be. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Regardless of what part of the world you are in or what time you are listening, we welcome you back to Miami Total Football Radio, a.k.a. Miami Total Football Radio, where the beautiful game collides with passion and analysis. My name is Franco Panizo. I am one of your weekly co-hosts of this bilingual Inter-Miami-focused podcast that provides you with all the latest news, updates, analysis, opinions, inside information, general punditry, and much, much more via a team of seasoned reporters. While we do have a team, there's only one other co-host on this week's show, but no worries because he's more than able, ready, and willing to pick up the slack. I am, of course, talking about Jose Armando, a.k.a. Island Jose, also known sometimes as Cinco. Jose, how are you today? Are you buzzing? Did you have your pink arepa for Joseph Martinez yet? Yes or no? No. The answer (laughs) is no. And um, I, I actually don't know exactly where the restaurant is, and maybe that's a little bit of a problem because I'm sure I drive, I drove by on my way back to, to the south, to South Florida, really, really South Florida, because I live really down south. So maybe I passed by and I missed on my arepa. So no, maybe I'll try it out in the next few weeks. But I, I don't know if I'm busing, but um, I think it was a good day for Inter Miami. It was a good day. It was a good day. There was a lot of excitement generated today with the press conference, the arrival, the official announcement, and the official unveiling of Joseph Martinez. By the way, that Arepas place, if I'm not mistaken, is called Pepito's Arepas Bar. No, we're not sponsored by them, but that's the one that made this pink uh, arepa. If you haven't seen it, check out Miami Total Football Radio's Instagram page or Facebook. We have the image of the pink arepa there. Uh, Now... That place, if I'm not mistaken, is located in Doral. Where else but Doral? Of course, it has to be in Doral. So it's a Venezuelan spot, of course. Makes sense with Joseph Martinez being Venezuelan. So, yeah, they made a pink arepa, uh, which is interesting. I know that they were giving away, I think it was, 117 between Wednesday and Thursday for free. And then that's it for free. Uh, but that they will be on sale at Drive Pink Stadium on Saturday at the Inter-Miami Vasco da Gama friendly. So if you can't make your way all the way to Doral and you want to try this pink arepa, well, your opportunity will come on Saturday. I'll probably try one. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably, and I swear we're not, we're not sponsored by Pepito Arepas. I think we would have to say if we were, but, um, you know, I, I think you I will try one. sponsor me to have one, though. You <laughs> sponsor me to have one. Well, nah, I don't know. Okay, are, are you, you. A, are you, yes. a, are you a big arepa guy? Like... Uh, I haven't tried it. I mean, I, I don't know what it is like. So, yes, thank you for the invite. I'll, I'll be there early on Saturday. <laughs> uh, okay, well, obviously, this podcast will be very, very focused on Joseph Martinez, who was officially unveiled on Wednesday morning at practice and then in a press conference on Wednesday afternoon. There's a lot to talk about regarding you know what was said during his introductory press conference about where tactically he fits on the field, what this means for for Leonardo Campana. There's a lot of things to dive into. We scratched the surface last week. We talked about the impact that he could have on the locker room, uh, and, and we'll dive into that a little bit more detail here, but we're going to touch on other topics regarding his arrival that we didn't get to last week. So this will be a very 
Joseph Martinez Heavy podcast. However, we do have other things to talk about, including the continued exclusion of Rodolfo Pizarro from Inter-Miami channels. We'll, we'll dive into that. We'll dive into that. As well as a trialist that is with the team now looking to try to make the team, try to make the first team roster, and what that means. So we'll dive into a lot of different things, but again, mostly Joseph Martinez. So, Jose, and I got to make sure I say Jose because I, I think I told you this off air. I keep getting Jose and Joseph like in my head. I don't know why it's not clicking. I keep messing it up. I call you Joseph. I'm calling Jose. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, see, I just messed it up right there. But anyway, Jose, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's get to it. All right, listeners, so enter Miami. Finally, let out the worst kept secret of the first month of the new year by officially announcing the signing of Joseph Martinez on Wednesday morning. And we were able to catch a glimpse of him for 15 minutes at training, the beginning of training, and that was it. But then we were able to speak to him in a press conference, which lasted about 15, 20 minutes, roughly somewhere in between there. And we saw a beaming Joseph Martinez, a very happy Joseph Martinez. Uh, obviously, when players, usually when players start a, a new chapter, they're happy. But I saw a very, very, very excited and delighted Joseph Martinez. I would almost say he had like a twinkle in his eye as he was speaking about this new chapter in his life, this new chapter in his career, being in South Florida, being in Miami, playing for uh, a team that, that is based in a city where he has lots of friends and family. He talked about Doral. We'll dive into all of it here in just, just a second. We did not get any contractual details in the press release, which I thought was curious because lately we have gotten uh, a good bit or at least some details. There was none there. Apparently, reportedly, it is a one-year deal with a one-year team option. At least this first season, it's a non-DP deal. So, we will get into all of it. Jose, what were your thoughts uh, on Joseph Martinez's press conference? Let's just start very quickly with some of your takeaways or your biggest takeaway, and then we'll dive into more fragmented parts or more specific parts. Right, um... I think I've I've covered quite a few Joseph Martinez press conferences throughout throughout the years, um, especially you know during the pandemic because of you know the of the possibility of of being pre present through Zoom. I think that's something that um, gave me an opportunity to listen to him a little bit more. And I think we this morning we got the Joseph Martinez that everybody likes. You know the Joseph Martinez that is happy that is. Um, you know, um, that, that brings a lot of, of energy that, you know, gives you um, good quotes. It's very good with the press. I mean, he even stayed after the press conference finished and had a few words with the group. I was very thankful. Um, I think that's the Joseph Martinez that we'll see when things are going the right way. And um, but there's another side of Joseph Martinez. And I think that's that's the question coming into to enter Miami. But I think overall, um, and and this is why I told you it was a good day for Inter Miami because you know he brought the attention that that's that's good you know a few of the of the local um, TV outlets were there which is something that we don't see very often at Inter Miami so that was good a lot of attention as well 
um, through Zoom, nationally, MLS outlets. So brings the attention, good energy to start. And um, now it's time to see how, how close he is to 100%. You know, we know now for sure that he will not be playing on, on, um, Saturday. on Saturday. He, he will be there. And there, there will be a presentation during halftime. So um, we'll see how, how he's able to make progress. I mean, he, he didn't look particularly, you know, in, in game shape to me during the first uh, 15 minutes of training that were open to media. But I think it's close enough. So going back to just the press conference part, let's, let's stay, start there. Because I, I agree with you, you know, like, again, he was very happy, very, uh, I would say playful. You know, he came in, was making some jokes at the end. Like you mentioned, he made some jokes. Uh, someone referenced something about, about the, the pink jersey and if he likes wearing pink. I don't know if the, I don't think the cameras caught this. Uh, you can watch the full press conference on Miami Total Football's YouTube page, but I don't believe yeah I, I, the cameras did not catch this. Um, so after the press conference ends, someone says something about if he likes wearing the color pink, and he's like, "Oh, I'm from a city, um, you know, that really likes the color pink," and he joked about it. And then he uh, he also said, "Man, I hope I get to keep this one." And like he was, he was just a very playful, a lot of banter, um, you know, a, a very relaxed and excited Joseph Martinez. Now. Diving into the comments that he made, he made plenty. Which one stuck out the most to you about this new chapter in his MLS career? You know, he's, he had a very successful stint yeah. with Atlanta United. It didn't end as well as I'm sure he or Atlanta United would have liked. But everything that has a beginning has an end. So that chapter is now closed. He is now an Inter-Miami player. What do you take away from what he said about joining La Rosa Negra. Uh, there were two things that caught my attention. The first one, you know, when he talked about Phil, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that sounded like, you know, Phil was the guy that really, really wanted him to, to play for Inter-Miami this year. And that's interesting, of course, because we know the history of, of the Inter-Miami locker, and especially with the Rodolfo Pizarro and Gonzalo Wayne situation. Um, so... You know, you bring a big personality to the locker room, and you know that that sounded interesting to me. And you know, if you're an Inter Miami fan, I guess that gives you that might give you some sense of comfort that you know, if Phil really wanted this guy to come, then maybe he'll do a good job managing him. So that's the one thing. And then second one, you know, about uh, how quickly he was able to feel at home here, and and obviously he he knows the area because of Dorazuela. He likes it there, so um, <laughs> he mentioned that, and um, and 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 he mentioned in the at the end of of that same comment that he just wanted to be happy again. So because of everything that happened last year, I think that's something that he's going to want to try to stay away, and and he said I just want to be happy. So that those two things really caught my attention, and um, I think those are positive signs, to be honest. Now I want to go back to the Phil Neville remark that he said about how Phil was the one that really pushed for him to be here. You know, that's what Joseph Martinez said. You combine that with what Phil Neville said about a week or so ago at the start of preseason when he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, when people have asked him uh, about players with big personalities, he has said, let me manage them. And the question then at that point was about Joseph Martinez, although 
Filna will talk in, in a broader sense. But it sounded, and I think we said this on the podcast last week, I think, I mean, I mean, I know we said this on the podcast last week, it sounded, at least to me, like it was Phil Neville pre- like presenting a conversation he had with someone up above him. Maybe Chris Henderson. That's just my, my, uh, my sensation. Because when Phil Neville said... I get paid to manage him. Let me manage the player. And that to me sounds like he's trying to make sure or trying to trying to keep other people at peace with the fact that they are bringing a player that does have a checkered past in terms of relationships with coaches. And we talked about that last week. So we don't have to go into a whole lot of detail here. But I do think that that is going to be a very interesting storyline to follow in 2023. Phil Neville's relationship with Joseph Martinez and that, and how that how that goes when things are going well and how that goes when things maybe don't go so well. Be curious to see how how Phil Neville handles it all. Because again, jo- the Joseph Martinez we saw on Wednesday, super excited, super delighted, but we're at the start of preseason, no real pressure on anyone just yet. But when the games get going, that means something and the ball starts rolling. Obviously, things things can change. So, uh, I think it's a very big gamble uh, from Phil Neville, if that's the case. But it could pay off. It could pay off. It can go really well, like we said last week, or it can go really poorly. So, we'll see which side uh, it's side it goes on, but or which side things fall on. But up until now, everything is is peachy. Now, I think, I think it's it's only normal that there's a level of concern. You know whether it's Chris or anybody else within within the group, and you know it's it's okay for Phil to say, okay, I'm gonna take over and I'm gonna take care of this. But you know, everybody that heard that Joseph Martinez was coming to Miami, they had two thoughts. The first one, 98 goals in MLS, MLS MVP, champion, whatever, all the records. And alongside is, you know, the other thought that, okay, but personality, how is Inter Miami going to deal with this, with that? That's just a reality. I mean, it's it's not something that we're saying or we're talking about just because if Joseph Martinez and we don't like the guy, it's just about the reputation of a player. You know, uh, soccer players can make a living scoring goals. And unfortunately, you know, they do something wrong and that's always going to be part of their career. And uh the situation that we saw last year between Joseph and Gonzalo Pineda was not something that happened for the first time. It has happened several times in his career. So I think it's only normal. There's a level of concern. Now it's up to Joseph and it's up to Phil to manage things the right way. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I think, you know, just my supposition, right? Supposition. Just, it's not information to be clear. It's my supposition. I imagine, you know, because Phil Neville also said last week, about how he likes Joseph Martinez. Like, there's a sense that you get on the field when you're watching players compete that maybe you don't get when you're in the stands or up in the press box, which I agree with. I agree that when you view a game from field level, it's different than if you watch it in the press box and it's different than you watch it in the stands and it's different if you watch it on TV. I think they're all different experiences. You can, uh, there's pros and cons to each one. You can perceive different things, etc., etc. It seemed very clear to me that Phil Neville likes the competitive 
spirit with which Joseph Martinez plays. That that seemed very clear to me. Like, you know, that he's borderline nasty. He could be borderline nasty out there. But that's, you know, at, at higher levels, that's part of uh, the chip in a lot of players that are cutthroat, that are cold-blooded, that will take, you know, an inch. And, and if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So I think Phil Neville, who's, you know, we know has played for Manchester United, he's played for uh, one of the greatest teams of the last few decades. You know, they had some ruthless players. And Joseph Martinez can be ruthless, not only with his finishing, just in terms of the way he competes. That's my sensation, my, my supposition based on what Phil Neville said. And I think that that's what he wanted to bring on board to this team. That, 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 that resonates with Phil Neville. And that he wants more of that on this team. Now, you just touched on it. It's about managing it. So, we'll see. It's a I th- again, I'll reiterate. Think it's a it's a big gamble. One other thing that stuck out to me. You touched on it a little bit there with in terms of like the media presence from local TV stations. But even just the overall social media presentation from Inter Miami, even just like the buzz from from fans in recent days. This is a signing, even though it's not a DP signing, that brings with it excitement. For the fan base. And for South Florida as a whole. Something that we had not really seen since what? 2020? When Gonzalo Higuain and, and Blaise Matuidi were brought on board? Like when's the last time Inter Miami made a signing? Maybe DeAndre Yedlin? Maybe, but... Oh, well, people were not excited about it. I mean, I don't think people were even excited about Blaze and Gonzalo just because, you know, at the time, uh, people were expecting a lot more, right? I mean, at that point, there was talk about Falcao and, um, you know, so many other players that they were not in their prime, but I think they were in a better situation because if you really think about it, Blaze, you know, he had no more options at the higher level. And so he decided to sign for Inter Miami, and this, a similar scenario before, <coughs> excuse me, with with Gonzalo. So, yes, people were excited about it, but there was not this level of excitement, I think. Sure, but yeah. but, but but my point is that is that this that we haven't seen this level of excitement for a signing in some time. Right. Right. Yeah. Like like even the like the fanfare just hasn't been. Now, obviously, he's Venezuelan. There's a lot of. Uh, Venezuelans and a big Venezuelan community in South Florida, especially in Doral. Uh, so it, obviously there's there's reasonings for that. But also he is, like you mentioned, an MLS Cup winner. He previously held the MLS single-season goal-scoring record before Carlos Vela broke that. He's a winner. He's a winner. Now, you touched on something that is a fact. And I asked him about this this today. Joseph Martinez... Suffered a knee injury in 2020. And like they say in Spanish, han pasado un antes y después. So that means there's been a before and after in terms of the injury. Now there's a before and after any point, but it, it's just meant to emphasize that things have changed since that point. Before that injury in 2020, Joseph Martinez arrived in MLS in 2017. He scored 19 goals in 2017. 31 in 2018 when he broke the the single season goal scoring record and then he scored 27 in 2019 pretty impressive numbers 2020 he gets injured in the first game of the season he misses the remainder of the year he comes back in 2021 he scores 12 goals 
Plays again in 2022. Scores nine goals. Again, un antes y un después. A before and an after. He has not been the exact same player he was be- since before the injury. Now, have to take into account, and as I did when I was asking him the question, clearly Atlanta United's rendimiento, their their form and their functioning as a team, that dipped. They weren't the same team either. And that obviously impacts the ability for a striker to get chances and put chances away. But I think it's uh, some of everything. Joseph Martinez's form dropping as well as the team's form dropping. Jose. What can we expect from Joseph Martinez? What do you expect from Joseph Martinez this season? I think he's the starter. I think he's the... If, if there's... Uh, you know, maybe not the day one starter because he's still running out into form and, and, and physical uh, fitness. But... Um, there were two things that caught my attention this morning from training. Uh, two players, I should say. And one of them is, is Campana. He's looking good. He's looking fit. He's looking even better than last year. He's looking really, really good. And I know you're going to laugh about this, but the other player that was looking really, really good was Ari Lassiter. Again, of course. Just like last year. <laughs> uh, so I don't think he's a starter. I'm sorry, but no, nah, I don't think he's a starter right now. I, I think... No, 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 but do you see him being, you know, when Phil Neville has his depth chart and he talks to his coaching staff and he's projecting for the season and he's making his plans, things can change, of course. But do you think Joseph Martinez is the number one option at striker on his chalkboard, his whiteboard, his laptop, his tablet, whatever the hell he's using these days? What? No. You don't think so? You think Campana's ahead in how they project it? Yeah, I think Campana, wow. Campana is a starter. Um Remember, you know, last year with injuries and, and you know the thought of the of the World Cup for Campana, you know, there was a there's a, there's there's excitement about maybe going to the World Cup, but there's a lot of pressure as well. Those those were things that were in the back of his mind. This year, I think Campana can clearly think about Inter Miami and how to be successful with this team. So. I wouldn't underestimate, you know, the the goals that Campana has for 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 himself this year. I think he's going to be really good. Obviously, there's there's the situation about the injuries, just like they did last year when we thought Wayne was out of the picture. Campana gets injured, and then here comes Gonzalo Wayne and takes over. So that could happen again this year. I think they are going to need him. Like I said last year, Campana is not going to be enough for the entire season. So at some point there's going to somebody else is going to have to step up. So similar situation this year, but I think Leo Campana at this point is in a better position to succeed than 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 Martinez. And I even thought about this as uh, I was writing my 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 note my my article uh, this morning and I thought how many goals can he score? And um, I, I I just couldn't get past. Wait, 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 Don't spoil it. We will answer that question in a moment. We will answer that question in a moment. I will disagree with you. I think, listen, yes, maybe Leonardo Campana is physically ahead of Joseph Martinez uh, because 
you know, maybe uh, Leonardo Campana has been taking part in, in a team preseason environment where Joseph Martinez only just started, so maybe he's a week behind or, or you know, whatever the time frame is. But I think if we were a fly on the wall in Phil Neville's coaching staff meetings, I think they project Martinez to be the starter. I don't think you go get Joseph Martinez as an insurance option, given what we know about how volatile it can go in the locker room. I don't think you go for him to be a backup. And and let's remember, Phil Neville has said, has said, even this season, going back to last year, but he said it again in preseason, sorry, this season. He said it this, this preseason, they need to replace Gonzalo Higuain's goals. They needed to go find someone to help do that. Joseph Martinez is that guy. I don't think they're looking at Joseph Martinez as the number two striker option. I think he's the preferred option. I think if you had a winner go home match three months from now, I think Joseph and you can only, and you're going with a one striker formation. I think Joseph Martinez is the guy. I think Campana will be looked at as the backup. Now, obviously, things can change if Joseph Martinez doesn't doesn't perform. His performance levels aren't aren't great. Then, of course, that can change. Of course, competition is, is a good thing. It's good for Inter Miami that they have two options um, that that can score goals, or that have shown that they can score goals at the MLS level. But I think Joseph Martinez is the the preferred option. I think he's the number one. I think he's ahead of Campana in in the depth chart, long term, long term. Now, let's go to the goals because I, I asked you the question was what can we expect from Joseph Martinez given that he has not been the same player since his injury. And, and we kind of got away from that there, Jose. But you touched on it last week. You said, right it's, not, you said it's not the same. You said it's not gonna, he's not the same player he was. Now, there's a lot of fanfare, there's no. a lot of buzz. But realistically, in your opinion, because it's just an opinion, realistically, what do you think we can expect from Joseph Martinez? A striker that can, of course, that can win you games, but is, it, is he a striker that's going to score... 20-plus goals in MLS this season. Let's not count the other competition. Let's just talk MLS. 34 matches. Is he a, is he a striker that's going to be able to give you a whole lot of work rate? You know, what do you think we'll see from Joseph Martinez and now you can give me your goal tally? Because I think that that will help define, from an individual standpoint, whether Joseph Martinez's 2023 season is, is a success. How many goals he scores. So, Jose, the floor is yours. You can now share your number. I think... I think he'll score anywhere between seven and nine goals this year in MLS. No more than that. And um, um, I just think they're going to have to manage him. They're going to have to manage him. I asked him if if he was ready to play, you know, in 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 turf this year, because you know that's something that you have to think of here in MLS, especially as you get older. You have uh, knee injuries before. Um, that's something that you really have to think about. And and um, I think Inter-Miami will take good care of him because they know they need him, not only because of his scoring ability, but of course because, you know, he's a, a quality player. Maybe he doesn't score, but he gets you assists, he gets attention from opponents, and obviously he gets fans to the stadium, which is something that's important as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going to be a scoring threat for referring to Miami. I, I just don't see him scoring 15, 16 goals, 20 Oof. goals. Oof. I think seven or nine. Interesting. Interesting take. Because I, I see it very differently. I think he scores 15 
plus. I don't think he gets more. I don't think he gets to 20. I think he can score 15 plus. I think he can be better than he has been the last two years with, with Atlanta United. If, if one, he stays healthy and two, he has players that can feed him the ball. If he has those two, if those two things happen, I think he scores anywhere from 15 to 19 goals. I don't know if I don't maybe twenty. I, I would go to twenty. I'd go to twenty. I don't think he scores more than twenty. If he scores more than twenty, it's been a resolute success. No oh, doubt he's about a it. Next year. Well, he's absolutely, a deep absolutely. Next year. If he can score more than twenty goals, and you know we're talking uh, closer to the old Joseph Martinez that we saw during those first three seasons with Atlanta United, I think he can get in the fifteen to to twenty range, maybe seventeen. Think, do you really think Inter Miami is that good? Like, you know, the group of players that they have right Someone's now. Someone's got to score goals. I mean, Gonzalo Higuain scored how many last year? And, and a lot of them came in the second half of the season. Yeah, but it's Gonzalo. I mean, Gonzalo, I mean, he's a, a, a better player. Okay. I mean, that, hey, that's, I'm not, hey, listen. I'll, I'll give you this. Gonzalo Higuain cannot outrun Joseph Martinez. That's about it. Well, he's, I mean, Joseph Martinez is more physically gifted than Gonzalo Higuain. I mean, even just looking at him in the press conference, I mean, he's a bull. He's a bull. And this is not a surprise to anyone that's followed MLS for the last few years. But, like, seeing it up close and personal, the size of his arms, he's a bull. And that's oh. that's how he's made his bread and butter as well. Just the ability to, to compete and, and to not be scared of a choke, you know, of, of contact. What's Campana, then, if he's a bull? I mean, Campana, listen, he's looking good, man. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be really, really hard for Joseph if there's only one striker and Campana is not hurt, Campana will score a lot of goals this year. I, I, I Listen, I said, Joseph, between seven and nine, I will tell you right now, if Campana plays, he moves past 15. And, I, and I'm, you, uh, I'm going to tell you the difference. I asked you before, do you think Inter-Miami is good enough for Joseph to score more than 15? And I think Inter-Miami needs to be really, really good for that to happen. I don't think Inter-Miami needs to be that good for Leo Campana to score 15 or more. Because he was able to prove last year that even without Pozuelo, he was able to score. So I think that part of the season where he carried the team without Pozuelo was very telling. And so I believe... If that happens, if that stretch is just a little bit longer next year and Campana is able to stay healthy, even without a, a quality 10 on the field or a pure 10 like Pozuelo was last year, I think Campana can be successful in this league. I, I still think it's wild that you only see him scoring seven to nine goals in MLS. That's, I mean, okay. Hey, I respect your opinion. We, we do have to note this. Jose Martinez suffered the knee injury in 2020. Last year in 2022, he had to go under. He had to undergo arthroscopic surgery to clean out debris in that same right knee, and he missed six to eight weeks. So there are questions about Joseph Martinez's knee, just like there's questions about uh, his impact in the locker room and how you know how things could go in there if things don't go well on the field from a result standpoint, from an individual standpoint. There are questions about his knee, and that that you know he said he's working his way back. Uh, you know, it's a day by day process. So you know, he said he said the the right things in the press conference. He didn't say, "Oh, cool. I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm back to what I was." No, no. he said he, he's working his way back. 
but well, I, I, I still could see him. I still could see him scoring 15 plus goals. And I think if he does, then it's a success. If he scores seven to nine, I, I don't think that's a success. And then I don't know if you bring him back in 2024. Seven to nine goals, I don't think is enough. I don't think it's enough. To bring him back? Well, you know, that depends, of course, you know. Um, I think you, you'll have to go through the contract talks if, you know, he's still a positive influence in the team. No um, off-the-field problems. And he's not a budget hit, then maybe you bring him back. You know, seven to nine goals. If he scores seven to nine in league play and maybe one in Open Cup and another one in League's Cup, then you know how things are. Agents will add it up and they'll tell you, no, wait a minute. He didn't score seven or nine. He scored 13 or 14 goals. So even though he scored two maybe in the first round of the Open Cup or, <laughs> and and maybe three or four in, in, in extra time where the where, where the game was already decided or two more penalties, nobody remembers that by the end of the year. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad number for him. I think if he scores seven or nine, it's it's okay. Ah. Listen, my expectations are not very high just because he's not a designated player anymore. Those numbers, more than fifteen goals, that those are designated player numbers. So you you think Inter Miami goes after Joseph Martinez? Like you think you think Phil Neville takes this this gamble on? He insists. I'll say it like this. Neville's insistence, Neville's gamble is for Joseph Martinez to come in and score seven to nine goals. That That's what you think, yeah, Neville? I don't see that. No it, way. It's safe for them. It's safe for them. They don't, they don't have to. He's not a designated player. He's only coming for one year. Um, I think in terms of the salary, and I, and I would have to go back and read the, the um, press release from Atlanta United, but I think they're – they're even playing a paying a portion of the salary, so right. it's. I mean, it's it's safe. It's really really safe. It's a gamble because of the locker room situation, but Look, other than that, it's really safe for them. Listen, this is why I've nicknamed Jose Island Jose because I, sometimes I think his opinions are just way out there. And listen, you talk to somebody long enough, everybody has opinions that are way out there. But this one I think is way out there, Jose, because <laughs> in, with Atlanta United, he scored nine goals last season. Four assists, nine goals. And they cut ties. Now, obviously, there was off-the-field stuff, disciplinary stuff that, that obviously plays a factor in the overall analysis. But had he scored 20 goals, do you think they cut ties with him? Had he scored 17 goals? I don't think nine goals is enough. But that's because I see him as being the number one option. You clearly don't. So I, I think no, that's yeah. where I think that's where our differences lie here and what we what we expect from him. I'm curious what? what the listeners think. Let us know on Twitter or on social media platforms. I'm very curious which side of the debate you guys fall on. Whether you agree with Jose that you think he's the number two and will probably be in that seven to nine range, or if you agree with me that he's probably the preferred option uh, in the bigger picture. And if he can score 15 plus, then then that's a good season for him. Um, Anything else with regards to Joseph Martinez before we quickly touch on some other players to wrap up this segment? Of course, we also have to dive into the, this weekend's game, this preseason opener against Vasco da Gama, but we'll do that in a few moments. So anything else with regards to Joseph Martinez? Anything else from today? Um, well, you know, I think that the one thing, well, there, there are, we talked about so many things already about the presser, but um, I, I just felt like 
that um, you know this is a good move for Inter Miami in terms of you know adding experience as well because he's only 29 years old. But if you really think about it, you know everything that he has been able to go through, um, and, and you go and think about players like um, Edison Ascona, Emerson Rodriguez, those are young players, and um, it's important for them to have uh, an, an important player at the top, not at the top of uh, in terms of level of how many minutes he gets, but a player that has been to a high level in the league to understand a little bit better what they need to Good do. Good point. Good point. And I think and I think they they missed that with with Iwain being uh, out of the team this year. So um, I think that's something that's going to be very positive as well. And and again, hopefully things go well in the locker room because that obviously is going to help a lot. If he can bring that competitiveness, and look, he talked a lot about hunger, and to me, he seemed hungry because he he talked often about you know how he wants to score goals and goals and goals, and, and listen, it's an introductory press conference. You gotta sift through the the cliches and all that, but it, to me, it seemed genuine, like how hungry he is to score goals, and that he still has that that hunger to to prove himself. You know, someone asked him, I think, something about does he feel like he has to prove anything to anybody still at the press conference, and he said it's a new year. You always have to prove yourself. And and I like that response. I like that response because to me it shows a player that's still he's not resting on his laurels. There's more there's more for him out there. He's still hungry. Look, I also think, and this is worth noting because I picked this nugget up after the press conference, got it from a source. Joseph Martinez drew interest from Austin FC, Charlotte FC, and Nashville SC. Those were three MLS teams that were also interested in bringing him on board i think he could have been a, a decent fit at any of three of those but from what i heard he chose into miami despite leaving more money on the table with some of those other offers and he chose so he chose inter miami or he did so because one i mean he has family and friends in south florida i think you said Doralzuela, which which i like um you know he he's got his i believe he said he has his his missus and his baby that was just born a couple of months ago they're here um so you know he feels at home he called this home which he even said it's kind of weird but he called this south florida miami home let's see let's see how it goes because if if like you mentioned early on if inter miami can get that motivated joseph martinez and that positive joseph martinez then I think it can be very, in, very infectious in a good way, very contagious in a good way. You know, the the way he he shows up to training every day and the way he competes, um, and and how other younger players can see that, and even older veteran players can see that, and and you know want to raise their levels. I think it can be very, very good. Let's see how it all plays out. It's going to be a very interesting 2023 with Joseph Martinez on board. All right, let's quickly switch gears. To a different player that we've talked about since the start of preseason, or even before the start of preseason, when we began the podcast again here for 2023, it's been a recurring theme on these pods. We won't dive too deep into it, but we do need to talk about it again because I don't think I think we missed a couple points last week. That's Rodolfo Pizarro, who is a designated player, but who for some reason, some mysterious odd reason, Jose. He has not appeared in any of Inter Miami's 
social channels? Have you seen him focused on anything? Have you seen him uh, featured on anything? He has yet to speak to the media, and it's been a couple, uh, went on two weeks now, and he's a designated player. He's one of the bigger name players on the roster. Hmm. And and, and we have made requests, several. We, and we did make requests, especially on day one of preseason. Multiple media members asked for Jos- uh, for Josie, for Rodolfo Pizarro. <laughs> and and we did not get him. So he was not presented to us to speak, I believe, like I think it's pretty obvious, for a reason. There's a reason why Inter Miami is not making him publicly available to speak. There's a reason why they're not focusing on him in terms of uh, you know their preseason, how do you call it? I don't know if it's coverage, but their preseason presentation on social channels. You know, to promote the game against Vasco da Gama. Like, you don't see him. It's like Rodolfo Pizarro is there, but he's not really there. Now, why would that be, Jose? Please, oh, please enlighten me because I'm stumped. I don't know why Inter Miami would do such a thing. Well. <laughs> That's sarcasm, by the way. Yes, they're still trying <laughs> to find a new home for Rodolfo. Listen, we, we've been talking about Pizarro for a, for a long time in, in the pod. And, and, you know, it's just... I guess I can understand because of negotiations why they don't want him out there. But it's very easy to train a player these days to say the right things, right? Because we already know, everybody knows what we're going to ask him. Like, are you an Inter-Miami player? Are you going to be here for the rest of the season? But just put him out there. Have him say something. Um, That would give us some clarity. Of course, now we have to wait until um, Saturday. I guess if he if if he's not available on Saturday, um, well, if he if he doesn't play on Saturday, then I guess that's you know that's going to be very telling as well. Um, but I think you know that this maybe the negotiations are ongoing, and um, it, it's just a horrible situation. Sometimes I feel for the player, to be honest. No, it's sad. It's definitely sad for him. Yeah. You know, like. Clearly, he's not wanted. Clearly, even Phil Neville kind of alluded to it without alluding to it uh, on day one of preseason when he said when he was asked about Pozuelo and he said Pizarro Pozuelo, it's like a jigsaw. Like they need to move Pizarro on to bring in Pozuelo or bring in whoever else they want to bring in. Um, clearly, clearly, he's not someone that that's wanted right now in South Florida. He's not part of the vision. It looks like now. I think there's absolutely no way that he does not feature on Saturday. I think he plays. In some way, shape, or form, whether he's coming off the bench, whatever you want, he plays on Saturday. I don't think you can not play him. Because if you do end up with him, if you're into Miami, if you do if you do get stuck with him because you don't want him, well, then you have to, you know, manage that and, and let him know at least that he's somewhat part of the plan if you don't play him i don't i don't think i don't see that there's any possible way unless they're selling him the next day and putting him on a plane to go back to mexico for some club that's going to buy him i just don't see that happening don't see that happening. I don't know, you're taking a chance though i mean if he plays and picks up an injury it's it's hard to sell him right now and it would be even harder even with a hamstring or something not as big you know so to me if he doesn't play if somehow he appears to have an injury, a mysterious injury, hours before the game, and that's why he's not playing, then 
clearly, you know, they're telling us what they're trying to do. And if he plays, they are risking it a little bit if they want to move, if, if they want to move him. So, um, again, all this can be fixed by having him answer a few questions. And that's it. And we wouldn't be talking about it. We would be talking about, you know, the answers that he gave us. Well, I was going to say, we, we would definitely be talking about it. Something we'd be talking about, about Pizarro, like whatever he said. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate situation. I think if they can find a suitor, I, I've already said it, if they can, you know, they can find a way just to accept taking less money, then just do it for the benefit of Inter Miami, for the benefit of Rodolfo Pizarro. I think, you know, this let's end this, this saga, close that chapter, let him move on permanently and Inter Miami move on permanently. Because, at least, yeah. At least have him go out there and say, I'm in great shape. I've never felt, you know, trying to sell himself out. At least try to do that. I mean, I mean you know, making him available. Nobody assu- knows what he's doing. Well, right but now. Jose, that's assuming that, you know, he's going to tow the company line. Maybe he doesn't want to tow the company okay. line. Maybe he, I mean, maybe, most likely he will. Most likely he will. But there's a possibility that he's like, nah, screw this. Like, the way I'm being treated, I'm going out there and I'm saying my piece. It's possible. And then and then Inter Miami has a mess on its hands, which maybe they're trying to avoid. Whatever the case is, Pizarro is, uh, it feels like he's one of the ghosts of 2020 that still remains, that's still hovering over Inter Miami of the present day and that Inter Miami wants no part of. What are the chances of Rodolfo Pizarro being the only DP in the league that hasn't Talk to the media, in the or, or they maybe won't talk to the media in the first three weeks of preseason. I don't know. That's, I think that's, they the league is yeah. ever growing, brother. The league is ever growing, so it's uh, only maybe... three DPs for every team, and I'm sure everybody wants to talk to the DPs, right? They make a lot of money. Yeah, except for but you know, there's you know different people are on different schedules. Some people might arrive late. Some people are still being signed. It's a, I don't know. That's a you, you'd have to dig pretty deep there to, to try to to find out. But nonetheless. I mean, either Pizarro has to talk at some point if he's going to stick around. But we'll see. We'll see how long Inter Miami goes with shunning him from its social media channels and from us in the press. Quickly, go to Gregory. He's being linked with teams in Brazil. I said last week, I've heard that Inter Miami is seriously after Sergio Busquets. They really want Sergio Busquets this summer. Gregory may or may not be a DP. We assume, Jose and I, that he is a DP just based on the responses we got on day one in preseason. If you're just listening to this podcast and didn't hear last week's, tune into last week's because we go into it in in good detail as to why we think Gregory is a DP. Jose, very quickly, do you see Gregory being sold this preseason? Uh, That's a tough question. You know, I think if the right offer comes to the table, I would say yes. I would say yes. But it, but it has to be something good, you know. Uh, I I do believe that Gregory is one of the leaders of the locker room. So um, you'll, you'll have to balance losing your captain and getting some freedom in the books. So that's a tough situation. But I think if the right offer comes, yes, he's gone. I agree. I think if they... Find a team willing to take him on for a decent amount. I think he's he's played his last game for Inter Miami. But those things have to come to pass. There's clearly interest being reported from abroad in Brazil. Uh, Cruzeiro is one of the teams. 
where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think that there's it's a real possibility that he moves on, especially, as I mentioned, and I'll reiterate, they want Sergio Busquets. You're not going to have Gregory taking up a DP spot, and then you're going to bring in Sergio Busquets, who can occupy a similar type of space. Not similar type of role, but similar type of space on an MLS roster in terms of, you know, whether it's Tam, whether he's a DP, whatever you want to call it. You only have a certain amount of each in MLS. You can't keep everybody. That's just the the truth when, when you're talking about, you know, dealing with an MLS roster. Hard decisions have to be made uh, on, a, on a yearly basis. You saw Lewis Morgan leave a couple of seasons ago and or a season ago, and obviously people were surprised by that, but it's just tal cual, tal cual, par for the course when it comes to MLS. So I do think Gregory, if, if the right deal comes along, I'm with you. I think he moves on. One of the reasons that I do believe that that is a possibility is because as I reported on Miami Total Football Substack, and you can go ahead and check out the article there, sources told me that Nobel Okello, or Okello, sorry, <laughs> Nobel Okello, Canadian youngster who last played for Toronto FC, who is a defensive midfielder, is on trial with the team. He's been training for a few days now, looking to, to earn a contract. Six foot five frame. Had a couple of caps with the senior Canadian national team. Had some promise with Toronto FC. Came up through their academy. Played for the third team, I believe. Then the second team. Then the first team. But an injury plus his overall form just led to the the Reds, Toronto FC. Parting ways with him. And, you know, MLS rules are complicated. He's not under contract with an MLS team currently. So. He was out there this morning. Absolutely. Do you do you agree with me? Do you agree with me that his presence? I mean, is that your read into his presence? Um, not it's really cover. It's I cover. Think... I think it's cover. I think it's cover for if Gregory leaves. I don't... He doesn't look like a center defensive midfielder, to be honest. He's I mean, a center back. He's, he's six foot five, but I mean, you know, he's a center back. He's a center back. He he looks even bigger than Mabika. He's <laughs> I mean, it, Yeah, it's he's, he's he, I mean, you'll notice he's there. If 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 you go to any Inter Miami game, I'm sure you'll talk about it in the stands. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think he's a center back, but yeah, I mean, they could move him up the field if he's able to play in the midfield. I mean, that would be really impressive. Let me tell that's, you, that's that's where that's where he's played. He's a six. He's a defensive midfielder. That's that's his position. Yeah, but I mean, he needs to be good, actually good to to. I mean, I, listen. Again, I think he is he's being looked at as potential cover for the possibility for the scenario that Gregory leaves. Because if Gregory leaves, who's your enforcer in the middle of the park? Who's no, who, who, I, mean, I mean No 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 Gregory no, no, better, better, better. One wait 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 Jose, Jose, wait 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 hold on hold on if Gregory is sold like we just said it we think is a possibility who is the next man up in terms of occupying a destroyer role, an enforcer role, a defensive midfielder role? Who's the next man up on Inter Miami's roster? I don't know. Probably will try Victor Ulloa. Victor Ulloa. Victor Ulloa is the next the next guy to fill that role. Yeah. Now, if he has to be the number one option in that spot or in that role, whether he's in the starting lineup or not, well, you still need someone to cover behind him, especially since the destroyer. They're, like I just mentioned, their job is to destroy. So they're prone to get yellow cards, potential red cards. They have to break things up. 
So they could get suspended, etc., etc. So you need cover. And I think this is a potential move. A potential, you know, they're looking at him as maybe Okello as potentially someone that they could have as a depth piece temporarily if they do sell Gregory. That's just my sensation. Not information. My supposition. Now, here's a question. Is he eligible for Saturday night? Okello? Just a trialist? Absolutely. And everybody can play whoever they want. Then maybe, maybe, maybe there's an opportunity. Although I, I, I don't know. I, I, I doubt they're going to play him on Saturday. Why not? Probably, probably because they're going to want to give an opportunity to, you know, players that are under contract. You know, it's an international friendly. So why would you put out there a trialist and have somebody to see, else to see to make your decision to see if he can hold his own games it's not like that's the only game that they'll play in preseason i mean i think he plays i think he plays i think he'll see some time in the second half that's just again supposition supposition okay quickly let's dive into the game for a couple of minutes saturday night inter miami starts its preseason friendlies with a game against brazilian club vasco da gama at drive pink stadium in fort lauderdale jose you and i were back at drive pink stadium for the first time this year to watch a game when we saw River Plate beat Millonarios, Argentine's club, beat the Colombian club, 2-0. to zero. Pretty fun friendly. We won't dive into that one. We'll focus on this upcoming weekend's game. What do you expect from Inter-Miami? Are you as excited as I am to get back to watching this team get back on the field? I'm excited to just cover Inter-Miami like in-game action again. I know it's a preseason friendly. It'll probably be starters in the first half. Reserves in the second half or something along those lines. But I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to get to get our feet underneath us again and get going again. Oh, absolutely. I'm very excited about this game. You know, I, I think, you know, the way to grow here in South Florida, especially it's alongside some international competition. I think that's gonna be that should be a goal for Inter Miami to try to reach the CONCACAF Champions League to have, you know, every year I think they should have like a preseason tournament with uh, like we used to have the Florida Cup here, you know, with teams from all over the world coming over. I think that's something that's going to have to happen at some point for Inter Miami. So I'm excited about that, but I'm excited as well, you know, just to watch the, the, the new guys out there. Um, the players that are coming back, how much progress they were able to make preseason and and I'm saying this with all honesty, is one of my favorite parts of the year. I, I love preseason. To me, I love preseason. <laughs> I love watching some of the trialists, some of the players that maybe you get to watch them play here in Inter Miami, but they end up someplace else, and then you can follow them and see how they're doing. Yeah, I'm very excited, as you can tell about Saturday. <laughs> yeah, the decibels in your voice just went up. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Just diving into a little bit more of the X's and O's. Uh, not so much of you know speculation of preseason, which is still fun in and of itself, and 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 I enjoy doing as well. But just getting back to the green rectangle and the round ball with twenty two players, and and diving into performances and tactics and formations, uh, the whole thing. I'm looking forward to it. I know plenty of people are as well. Uh, Inter Miami fans, Vasco da Gama fans, Brazilian people that are in and around the area that maybe aren't Inter Miami fans. And I think, you know, I'll say this to, to close out this segment. I think Inter Miami has, has, I don't want to say stumbled upon, but has discovered a great formula for preseason, bringing in at least one international team to test yourself against. Because not only one, are you exposing 
the MLS players and, and your your roster to a different level and a different way of playing football, which will only help them grow. But you're also exposing the Inter-Miami brand to other people that maybe aren't consistently coming out to Dry Pink Stadium for games. They did it last year. It started last year with Universitario, which is from where? <coughs> Peru? All right. Sure. And you had, a, you had a different, you know, different uh, away fan base that came to that game. And now you're going to have a Brazilian away fan base that are coming to Dry Pink Stadium. So I think it helps you in many ways. And if this is the start of a tradition that Inter Miami does every single year where they at least have one international friendly, then I think that that's a very, very good thing for those reasons. Look at me. All positive here. Definitely preseason. <laughs> all right. Well, that does it for this segment, Jose. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back for our Q&A session and our final thoughts. We'll do that after this. time and i thank all of you for submitting questions we got a lot of questions but we can't get to them all otherwise we are going to break our promise of making this podcast a bit more condensed and a little bit tighter so just answer a few if we don't get to yours this time we'll get to yours next week if you submit another one all right let's start with don cafecito he asks and there's an emoji in here if pink arepas are possible then I recommend the club promotes pink baleadas, pink tacos, pink papa a la huancaina, pink empanadas, etc. Let's make it happen! Exclamation point. So I guess it's not a question, more of a statement. But I agree with him. Why not? Why not a little bit of pink of everything? I would love to have some pink papa a la huancaina. Pink baleadas. Come on. I haven't had any baleadas, so you know you and Andrea keep saying you're going to introduce me to baleadas, and I still haven't had one, and it's 2023. Yeah, I'm going to get you some pink baleada. Um, Just get me any yeah. baleada. Anyone will do. No matter what color. No, I'll, I'll, I'll color it. <laughs> I'll buy it and then I'll color it and then you'll you'll get the, your pink baleada. Yeah, I, well, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. I, I think that could happen for um, Hispanic Heritage Month. I would like that. I'm always promoting my country in all professional teams in South Florida. And nobody never ever listens to my ideas. My Hondurans, they, they need to be more active in the receptive to island Jose. I don't I don't know about yes. that. I don't know about I that. Have, I have a lot of good ideas <laughs> that have been picked up by any professional team in South Florida. Debatable. But I keep trying. I keep trying. They never give up. Never give up. Okay. Let's go to Jason Siegel. And he asks, How do you see our backline playing out the beginning of the season? Has Sailor or Mabika showed improvement enough to start? Or do we need to make additional roster moves? Jose. Uh, I don't see Sailor or Mavica as starters for this team. I think, you know, Gibbs is a good option at, at left back. Um, the new signing, I, for, I keep forgetting his name. Franco. His name is Franco. How could you forget that? <laughs> what is the matter with you? I, am, I, I, should, I should suspend you from this podcast for a week. 
I, I'm like tempted to do so now. What what the what is that? Franco Negri. Franco Negri. So well. That worked out so well. <laughs> that was like perfect script. I I thought it through and it came out exactly as I wanted it. Troll. So there you Troll. go. <laughs> there you go, people. Okay, so that was yeah. not scripted, by the way. That was I, that was my genuine reaction. I didn't know Jose was actually trolling me, but okay. Yeah, I was. Okay, confirmed. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't see them as part of a. Uh, I, at least initially, I would think McVeigh will go back to to his position. Mm-hmm. He sacrificed last year his entire um, season for the. I think the team owes, owes him uh, to get back to the, the, where he wants to play. It, which is a center back, and I see Damian Lowe and obviously DeAndre Yedlin. Um, I don't think Harvey is ready to take on the starter role, but he's a good, a good substitute. So, yeah, I think the the back line is pretty much set unless they get a, a new signing, which is something that could happen as well. But they would have a lot of center backs out there, and they would have to think about you know maybe moving alone, whether it's Mavika or, or or Sailor, if they get one more center back. I think that they do need to make an additional signing there. I think that they need to upgrade the center back position if they want to try to make that next step. You know, there was talks earlier in the off season about them trying to go for Aaron Long, who ended up signing with LAFC at the MLS Cup winners. So I really wanted him. I can remember last year Phil talking about Aaron Long like he was you know, like Jap Stam back in his day. <laughs> it's a lot of praise for Aaron Long, which I don't get honestly, but he need- listen, listen, listen. Hold on. Uh, yeah, go, go, finish, finish. No, finish your thought. I'll, I'll interject after. Or no, just... that's it. That's it. I mean, you can go ahead. He's average. He's average. He's, he's okay. At MLS level, and especially before his injury, he was among the best center backs in the league. And he could arguably still be amongst the best center backs in the league. Now, is he the best with the ball at his feet? No. But, again, I, this goes back to what I said about Joseph Martinez. I think Phil Neville really, really rates that competitive side. I think he, he rates that toughness and that aggressiveness. I see I see that quality in both Joseph Martinez and Aaron Long. Play different positions, different roles, but they both have like this this feistiness in their game that I think Phil Neville, who played for Manchester United, who was a defender, I it, back in the days when the game was uh maybe refereed a bit differently or was refereed a bit differently. I think Phil Neville really, really rates that. So I do think Inter-Miami, to answer the question, needs to upgrade the center back position. I don't know if they will. I mean, there's there's rumors that they're looking at some Brazilian center backs. It's possible that they, they still bring one on board. And I think that they do need to. Will they be able to do so before day one of the regular season? Maybe not. Maybe it's something that they'll have to address in the summer. But... I do think that they need to upgrade, and I do think that they're trying to upgrade. All right, last one. Lucho Lalo, 1896. And by the way, Lucho Lalo, shout out to you, brother, because literally, I don't know if you're a psychic or what, literally, when you go a long spell without asking questions, there's a point where I start being like, what has happened to Lucho Lalo? Like, I, I think about it mentally, quietly, and then as I, when that thought comes to me, you literally ask a question, like, the next pod. I was literally thinking about you the other day. I was like, and I've met Lucho Lalo in person, one of the listeners I've met in person. I was like... Where's Lucho Lalo been? I haven't, I haven't heard from him in the Q&A session in a long time. And then, boom, he goes and pops in for this week. So he goes, Franco, long time no see. How's everyone? Just wanted to know what are your thoughts on the potential playoff formats that have been floated around, the group stage or the first round, parentheses, three-game series. 
Also, the outlook on Leaks Cup with the depth we have so far. Can we do damage? Okay, Jose. You tackle one. I'll tackle the other one. Whichever one you want, go for it. Um, I'll take the Leaks Cup uh, side of a, of a question. Um, uh, I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's enough for Leaks Cup. But here's, here's um, something to take into account with my comment. I don't think it's enough to compete in the tournament. But if you are going just to, you know, roll with the punches or just because you want to be part of it or you have to be part of it, but you really know you're not going to be able to win it and you see it more as a, an opportunity to give minutes to some other players, then you can survive and you can play what, what the group stage would be like two or three games could be. That's not a lot. But if you're in it to win it, I think you have to sign more players. Well, you can only sign a certain amount. But anyway, all right, my uh, quality players. Or you can move on from some of the guys. Well, Miami has sanctions. But... Don't forget, they're still in year two of the sanctions, so still a bit hamstrung. Uh, they can get experience, Franco. Just you know, Sailor and Mavica will not do it at League Cup. If you well, want to play Mexican the teams, I I mean, yeah, does Inter Miami stand a chance there? Tough, tough to see, tough to see. But it's still some ways away. Some pieces are still going to be added, so. Probably not, but we'll see. Uh, as for me in the playoffs, I think... Look, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll say this. Clearly, this new playoff format that they're considering, or the, the you know, for me, the reason why they're considering a new playoff format is because they need more games for their new broadcast partner, Apple. That's why they're exploring new formats. Because new formats to include more games. That's all. That's all it is to me. I think that's what that's what it is. Clear cut. Now it's not inside information, but I think it's pretty obvious. Pretty obvious. So, Jose, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree. You know, that's that's the nature of MLS. They that's what they did uh, uh, also in 2020, which allegedly got Inter Miami to a playoff game. You know, they <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. So, why wouldn't they do it again? I mean. That's MLS for you. Yeah, so I that's you know there you go. I, I you know it's it's just a matter of trying to prioritize the marketing financial aspects as opposed to the sporting aspect. Now, is MLS the only league or the only organization out there that does that? No, no. You, no. The next World Cup is going to be forty eight teams, which I think is preposterous, ridiculous, uh, and asinine. But anyway, you know it is what it is. All right. That does it for the Q&A session. Thank you guys again for submitting your questions. Jose, very quickly, Q, uh, your final thought. Oh, my final thought is in the media game. It looks like There it going. is. There it is. All right, let's go. Go Next ahead, share it. Month, our real one. Like, on the stadium, are fans going to be allowed? I remember last year. I can't remember what team it was. Montreal. CF, Montreal? CF Montreal. Yes. They, they open doors to the fans, so I don't know if they will do that. Hopefully not because, you know. <laughs> Imagine the tweets that we would get. I feel for you. I feel for you. But uh, not for me, but for you. Hey, I'm so starting for- preseason tomorrow, brother. First thing in the morning. I'm going I'm going for a run. Oh, okay. So I was planning on starting preseason tomorrow, but that wouldn't be fair to you. So I'm going to start on Monday. <laughs> extra days. No, although I'm going to play. I want to be. We have to be on the same team. Like last year, we were not on the same team. The Miami Total Football Radio team needs to be on the same team. So, but yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, it seems like this year it's going to be um, 
a lot better. It was it was good to me last year. I really liked it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was too but... quick for me. I thought I thought it, I mean we were winded and we were tired, but I thought it was too quick. I thought we needed to play a little bit more. So Jose, this is your one chance because you weren't on the pod after we did the media game in 2022, where you I will I acknowledge you were probably the best finisher of the Miami Total Football Radio bunch. I don't know if you're the best player. I wouldn't say that, but you clearly you had yeah, to... <laughs> you already said it. But okay. Yeah, no, I'll be. I guess. I guess you know, I'll make a commitment to the commitment to be on the pod, the week of the. Well, I kind of have to be on the pod because it's February twenty first, is it? Yeah, it's right before the preseason. I mean, right before and the preseason it, ends and the season ge- and the regular season begins. Right. So yeah. So I'll be on the pod. Maybe we'll do a pod that night and we'll be all bandaged up and bruised after. Uh, a, a... It. I'm going to bed early that day. <laughs> <laughs> okay well all right my final thought is on some new gear we saw some new gear today for the first time some 2023 gear for inter miami it was just a a practice jersey it's gray short sleeve it has the new adidas logo that's being used uh all around the different memorabilia or the different uh tops and and everything that the, the brand is putting out there no more adidas uh, name it's just the three stripes it's a bit bigger a bit bolder but inter miami was wearing joseph martinez you can see it in the press conference was wearing a gray top um looking forward to seeing the pink version later on and phil neville was wearing a black like polo three stripes down the sleeve not on the shoulder so it's, it's something to, to take a look at check out maybe you like it if you're into inter miami merchandise I'm a stickler for soccer, for soccer merchandise, just because it's part of the football culture. So, you know, something to look at, something to check out. That does it for this week's show. So, Jose Armando, I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to Miami Total Football Radio. We'll talk to you guys again next week.